0: Hello and welcome to the RPT Academy podcast. My name is Michael and we are here today to do a review of the new My Dad's Monster Manual uh, 5e supplement from friend of the show, James Introcasso. And I'll say it at the top of the show this time. Thank you, James. He sent us free copies to do this review. So we have those. uh, So they were sent to us uh, as press. Uh, So joining me uh, on the mics today, I have Tom. Tom, say hello to everyone.
1: Hey, everyone. It's me.
0: It's you. That's all I have. Uh, Mandalorian Season 2 just wrapped up.
1: Finished. Seal of approval.
0: Including the uh, post-credit scene?
1: More than seal of approval.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay. All right. And then also with us today, we have Brad. Brad, say hello to everyone.
1: Hey, everybody. How you doing?
0: So, gentlemen, thank you both for joining me. Uh, So, as I mentioned, this is... Uh, it's a DM's Guild project product, which you can buy. We'll have links in our show notes and everything. But basically, this is a book that was created when James was talking to his dad, and who, whose dad has some familiarity with like D and D, but not a whole lot. And basically, was sort of reimagining the monster. So like James would show a picture and say, "What do you think of this?" And then his dad, I think Lucian or Lucian, would basically create his own lore around this creature. And then James took that information and actually created five E stat blocks for these creatures with new challenge ratings, experience points, attacks, everything off the, off the jump. Um, and these are all things that you can actually use in your game. So I'll start just sort of high level. Brad, what did you think of this book?
2: I, um, i was pleased with it i I enjoyed it 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 was a fun read through um and i really liked the different takes on on the monsters i mean particularly some of you know your well i I won't go into it so much But we'll get get into that later but like the the different types of monsters um but i thought it was really neat and and very well done and it was kind of a a bit of a uh call it a fresher breath air yeah that um (laughs) a breath of fresh air yeah there we go um on take on the
1: monster manual
0: and Tom, what about you? What did you think about this book in, in large terms?
1: Okay. Let me let me let me give it to you all. Okay. So I was not expecting what I got out of this book. So I was expecting James to give us this it just felt jokey when I first heard about it. Like, they were just going to be kind of riffing, James and his dad were just going to be kind of riffing off of monsters and coming up with silly stuff. I know leading up to this, James was doing Twitter polls, like, hey, what should I ask my dad about? And all the responses on there, and I responded to some, where all just kind of joking and stuff like that. But what this is actually is it's, yeah, there's jokes and there's funny stuff in here, but it's really just full, fully fleshed out monsters that, that are just basically reskins of the monster manual. So it's these are things that you can actually use in your game. These are real D and D monsters. So it's eighty stat blocks, and that's I mean that's awesome. There's this. It's tons of new content. It's lots of monsters. It's very. uh, It's there's not a whole lot of fluff here. It's just like you open up the book. There's a few pages, and boom, here's your stat blocks. So I I I really I really like that, and especially because it wasn't what I was expecting.
0: So I have. I don't know, copy. I have some some feelings about this product overall. I'm sort of anti monster manual. Like, I don't think we need seven monster manuals. I don't think we need all these third party publisher monster manuals like Tome of Foams and Tomes of Beasts. I think that for the most part, any GM of any level is capable of just reskinning monsters. But having said that, I love this book because. This is exactly what a GM should do. Yes. They should take existing monsters and then make them their own so that they are not what the players are expecting. If they have someone who's read the monsters before and they fight like an Umberhulk, for example, it's not the Umberhulk they know from the book. And more than that, to me, this is a love letter from James to his dad. Just the fact that they got to spend time together doing this, I cannot imagine was not just a precious amount of time for them like i I don't have a relationship with my father at all these days, and he was never like he never understood the things I was into he he was just too old from a different time period, so just the idea that I could have had a relationship with my dad along these lines of anything it almost breaks my heart a little bit like it makes me so happy for James and his dad that they were able to do this project. So who needs this book? Nobody who should get this book? everybody.
1: that's a good way to summarize it.
0: Yeah, so with this out of the way, we we have a couple of the monsters each that we particularly liked or thought were fun or funny or interesting, and we're going to go into those a little bit. So, as, as Tom said, there's 80 of them. We're not even going to give you the whole list, just go find that. So, here's just a couple each, or maybe three each, of the ones that we in particular wanted to call out so brad i'll start with you one thing
1: i do want to say the monsters that they're they're all from the monster manual book and for the most part he james tried to cover everything but the things that he left out which i think is important to say the monsters that we know from just a everyone knows just because it's ingrained in the culture so you're talking your dragons your Mm -hmm. griffins your goblins those kind of stuff are left out and then also any monster that james's dad came up with lore that was too similar to the original monster, he left that out too. So, and then what we're left with is the eighty most different and unique monsters.
0: Okay, excellent. All right, so Brad, uh, which monster did you want to talk about first?
1: I want to talk about the Barrow Owl, which is
2: um, the I guess the new version of the Owl Bear. Um, the reason I like this so much is um, I have a. a terrible terrible history with owlbears in general they have, they have done terrible things to my player characters over the years <laughs> and to see it the um, changed around in, in this way that that it's done it's now more of this kind of solitary protector who they get special powers when they eat fruit is just really <laughs> um it just tickles me and, and and i just liked it for that reason
0: nice Tom, what What was the first monster you
1: wanted to talk about? Oh, I wanted to talk about our big old soft boy, and that is the Chromadin. So this is basically (laughs) the, the basilisk. And what they did here was they turned this crazy, evil, horrific creature and made it into this kind, gentle, benevolent giant. And I love monsters that I can use as NPCs. Um, to help players and that's what this is so it's so it's so funny and the thing that's so cool about it is that it in the lore it's like hey people are scared of this thing because the way it looks but it's actually these thing these guys are just philosophers who live underground and they have high-pitched voices and they like to Argue about stuff, but at the end of the day, they're just good people and they're they're loyal friends and whatnot. Yeah, there are some. It's a big giant monster with some sharp claws, so it does have some attacks in here. But it's big. It's it's. But it's that's not its key. It's not a combat monster. But I, what I really love about this is it has this ability called hilarious voice, where it does. It has this high pitch voice, and it's basically a reskinned monster version of Tasha's hideous laughter. So now, finally. Myself as a GM, instead of just having a wizard cast it, I can have a monster make my players fall on the floor laughing so they can get a taste of their own medicine, what it's like <laughs> when somebody does this to them in the game. So I was a big fan of this. Uh, I, I'm always a fan of giants, benevolent creatures.
0: Fantastic. All right. And the first one I want to talk about is the Egyptic, uh, which is a reskinned Umberhawk. And basically, uh, Lucian took the Umpah hook to a three-inch-tall insect, and they are essentially a swarm. And think of like the scarab beetles from the original Mummy movies. Like, there's just thousands of these that just sort of rush over something. I don't like that. I don't like that. And then, like that and then at all. they move on. It's like a piranha thing. Like, and there's just nothing but, but bones that are left. Uh, but they happen to be intel- intelligent. So you can actually like talk to them. You can hire them for jobs that they will take (laughs) payment, usually in land or goods, but they'll take gold, which they will then use to buy. So you have this swarm of insects that will like go to a market and like spend money. I just thought that was really interesting. And they included a, a vulnerability to cold. That uh, they get very, like, basically are uncoordinated and lethargic if they are ex- exposed to cold, which means your wizard that has cold based spells uh, can really shine here in this if it becomes a combat encounter. So I just thought that was a very cool and also creepy and somewhat terrifying change of the classic Umber Hulk.
1: This one was funny too. It was, um, people were talking about it on Twitter because it was just such a departure from the classic Umber Hulk. But if you think about it, if somebody who doesn't know what an Umber Hulk is, there's no scale. In the monster yep. manual. You don't know. So somebody shows mm-hmm. you this and James' dad like, yeah, that's just a tiny little insect. So that was that was funny.
0: All right. So Tom, I'll start with you for the second go-round. Uh what's the second monster you wanted to talk about?
1: We're talking about the Hecklin. So, or the bearded devil. So I'm on record many times saying that I just don't like devils and demons in my games i just don't i know it's classic but it's not my thing so i just don't think they're interesting so but the hecklin is interesting because on its base service the bearded devil looks really cool it's got a glaive and these spiky beard but what they've done here is they've turned the hecklin from this devil into this genie hired assassin and that's awesome. Basically, what this creature is is genies create them from precious gems. And then they basically will give these hecklins to um, their loyal servants or friends of theirs, or they'll hire them out to go do missions. And these guys are loyal soldiers, they're they're assassins, they're bodyguards. Super cool. Also, they have some really they're just a really cool combat creature. Because they have innate spellcasting, they got multi-attack, then they have some interesting stuff such as a beard that's basically all spiky, and then a glaive. And if there's anything we know about Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition is that there's not enough glaives in the game. So <laughs> this, it's cool to see this inclusion here. Um, The lore is just so much... I just love the lore here. It's so much better than a regular old devil, which is cool.
0: Nice. Uh, So the second one I picked out was the Displacer Beast, which is now called the Barana, And these are infernal pets. And basically, greater devils create these from the souls of evil awakened animals, which is just awesome. They live in packs, and they are fiendish soldiers of the Blood War. So you got a lot of the lore coming in that you could, like, work them into existing uh, lore that you might already be aware of. And basically, they're almost like... um, you you send them out to get things, get people, and they bring them back. They have the ability to open a temporary portal to the Nine Hells. So you, they can basically go grab someone and then drag them into uh, the pits of hell, which is just awesome and also terrifying. So they're kind of like hellhounds in a way from like maybe more of a traditional uh, version of the hellhounds or maybe the supernatural TV show version of hellhounds I'm familiar with. But they're also contracted, so you could like— Maybe you sell your soul to a devil, and what you get in return is you get a pack of these that you can control for an amount of time or to do a specific job for you. So I just think that's a very cool uh, version of what the Displacer Beast is. It makes them uh, these servants of demons and demonic forces, and they you know they have uh, agency. I don't know, just I thought it was very very cool. Uh, I really like that one quite a
1: lot. Yeah. Does displacer beasts look awesome just in general? So to have mm-hmm. more to them is always a good thing. Agreed.
0: Uh and I think we I don't know if we mentioned, but all throughout there are these little like quotes from Lucian. Uh and some of them are kind of interesting, some are kind of funny. And for the displacer beast one of the Morona, it's just, ooh, is that six legs? And I just <laughs> think those are kind of funny. Like, we've seen those recently in the Tasha book. And I thought a lot of these were actually kind of funny. Just it kind of helped me get in the mindset of what he was thinking when he first saw these monsters. Oh, mm-hmm. it's
1: there is so many good quotes here. Like, my absolute favorite is the one about the the, styr, the stridge or Sturg. I can never say it. You know, the flying bat thingy. He's yeah. just throwing shade at these classic D&D monsters. So they're just, they're good.
0: All right. So, Brad, what was your second monster?
2: My second one was the Lick. Link? link i think it is it, it, what it is it's, it's the uh the mimic um and what i really love about this is that it's yeah, the way he's he's designed this it's a it's a treasure chest that got mixed up with some you know alchemical components and stuff and comes to life as the construct and they know about their owners who owned them in like their histories and really what they are are these lovable puppy dogs that want to hunt down their masters and be by them. So there are these horrific looking, you know, chess with <laughs> massive teeth and eye and in this huge licky tongue thing. And they just <laughs> want to go find their masters or their master's families and be their companions. Nice. So it's like a big puppy dog.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of funny. Cause we, we didn't really talk a whole lot to each other about like which ones we were picking. We just made sure we didn't have overlap. Mm-hmm. But the one I was going to pick third uh, is the Utiug, Atiug, which in this version is called a Skunkline or Skunkline, and it's kind of similar to that. Is that it takes a monster and makes it sort of a, almost like an annoying uh, hanger on. And if I'm looking at the art now, and if you take it completely void of context, the art does seem kind of puppy dogish. It, it sort of looks like a, a almost like a. One of those are like really muscular bulldogs, French bulldogs, I guess. It just looks like it's actually kind of like excited, maybe to see its master. So it's not quite puppy dog here. This one, they are forest dwelling creatures that are hot, happy bulbous, and they like nothing more than hearing about quests and heroic deeds. So they go along and they try to interpose themselves into an adventuring party just long enough to be part of a quest and then they go off and tell everybody about the quest they were just a part of uh, awesome. and they are olfactory and sound illusionists so they can create aromas and sounds at a high level like an innate magical spell casting ability so they can just create aromas like that, that that's their thing and i just i don't know i just i find that inly endlessly uh funny to think of this You know, monstrous looking creature coming out like, excuse me, pardon me, sir. Could I please just like, you know, for like 10 minutes, like hang out with you? Because of course (laughs) mine has a bad British accent and it just wants to go on a little quest. And then it it scampers off to tell all its woodland friends about this, you know, great adventure he had or it had, which was just like, you know, getting a cat out of a tree. But it's going to be this grand tale when you hear it. And then like, you know, five levels later, your characters start to hear this story and it's like very loosely based on what happened with them but it's been changed so much and i just i don't know i thought i could do a lot with that in the game
1: it's interesting too i i definitely like how this monster and then also going back to my first one the Chromade, and it's we all have these ideas predisposed ideas about what the D monsters are so it's interesting it's fun to go through and read these and the, look at these things that hey i i think i know what this is but it's it's completely different, and then when you start thinking about it, you're like, "Oh, that kind of makes sense." You like, you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this this thing actually does look like a smaller, chubby kind of dog. It looks like it's smiling and whatnot." So, but you yeah. don't think so. It's it's fun.
0: I, I think that's to your point is it, it's hard to look at these with fresh eyes because yeah. again, there's no scale on the UMBER Hulk, so making a three inch tall thing makes sense. If if there's no context at all to the art for the Uchiug. It kind of looks like a happy puppy. Yep. Uh, so it's just, uh, it's kind of fun to try to put yourself in that mindset and, and get back to maybe that wonderment I had as a 12 year old kid playing this game for the first time where every page was like, Oh, that looks so cool. And, oh, that looks so awesome. Rather than, okay, we're fighting goblins. I fought those a thousand times. You know, like everything's brand new and fresh. And I, I, and I love that very much. All right. So Brad, what is your third monster you want to talk about?
2: My third one is a Slyperio, which is Actually, a monster that I was not familiar with from d and I've never heard of Narcanaloth before. But what these guys are, they're these... They started out as um, really demonic servants who can... Um, basically, they bite spellcasters and steal their, their abilities to cast spells. And they're these, um, you know, now just knowledge-hungry monsters that that go around and they look like uh like foxes or hyenas and um i just had this you know kind of hyena laugh that sounded through my head as i as i was looking at it and um they just uh they go around and they they look like humans um you know, they have these hallucinatory abilities and um they want to acquire all spellcasting knowledge um in in the you know kind of that's out there it just I don't know, maybe it's because I'm running um, Descent into Avernus right now, but I saw that, and I thought, that's going to go into my campaign very shortly here. And it just kind of spoke to me.
1: Very cool. It's funny because this one is a, I love it that this is a challenge rating 17 monster (laughs) here. It can straight up cast Meteor Storm, which is not something that the Arcanaloth could do in actual D&D. So I love it.
0: All right. And then, Tom, take us on. What is your thought? Okay. I chose this
1: monster for a completely um, just immature um, um, reason. And that is the Mimi, because my m- children call my mother in law a Mimi. All right. <laughs> so um, that is like, it was just, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Plus, it's, so this is the death slot. Okay.
0: So let me interrupt <laughs> you quickly. That's what my kids call my sister in law, Mimi.
1: Oh, I think okay. Maybe there's a theme here. No. Okay. <laughs> they don't listen. They don't listen to this at all. So it's all good. All right. And they have no idea. If I were to tell my mother in law, hey, you know what a death slot is? They would say, <laughs> Tom, how did you get into this family? And I would say, I still do not know. All right. So um what the so it's a death slot. It is a much simpler version of the death slot. And what's these are creepy monsters. I love a good healthy dose of creepy monsters. We're talking like some some John Carpenter esque. I guess sloths are kind of like that anyway, uh, or it's something. Some kind of alien where basically these are humans who have gone into the underdark and have basically given in to either their their greed and their selfishness and the magic. The, the magic and this the Underdark transforms them into these creatures. And they're really nasty. And one of their traits is that they are actually, they will devour humanoids. So these things are kind of like cannibals where they will go after their previous party members, hunt them down. And that is, it's really disgusting. And plus what I love about this is that this is one of those monsters where I can really mess with my players because... There's so many things on this monster that are negatively impact anyone who grapples one of them. So I mean, come on. grappling doesn't happen too much to monsters. Most of the time it's a human that's running away or like they, they don't want to, but a monster is like, why am I going to grapple this death slot? I'm just going to kill him with all my spells. But I would totally just trick my players somehow into grappling one of these things, because if you do grapple it, it has the ability to use the spiked formed and like uh, mess them up and then also if they're being grappled they can go ahead and they can go ahead and use that the other person who's grappling them as a meat shield if they go and get hit by somebody <laughs> else so like somebody's holding you and then boom and um yeah it's 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 cool it's 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 great i love the idea of just like throwing a player in front of a, another player's sp- like blow or spell Because I don't know Anything else like that So Right
0: I mean that, that's a Kind of a cinematic mm-hmm. You know mo- some you've seen A movie where someone Moves so that You hit the ally yeah. Type of a thing So to have it codified That there's a, a a Way that you can do That in a game Yeah Which again Just kind of goes back To why I think This book is so great. Yeah. is it does it, It's like It's like licensed To be creative but also has a semblance of the rules. Like if I were to do this, I'd just make that up. James was like, let's make this a, a thing that can happen. Let's codify, let's give it a, a ranking and a skill challenge and you know, make it make sense with the math. So it's so like if I was smarter and more talented, uh, this would be something I would have done.
1: So it's interesting that you've mentioned a license, Michael, because w- there's a note at the beginning of this that is this is actually like most stuff on the DM's Guild, J- James also is encouraging people to use these monsters in their adventures that they're writing. So as long as you you credit the you credit this source, uh my dad's monster manual, it's you can use these monsters in any of your adventures. So if you're getting bored with the stuff in the actual monsters manuals, you have there's 80 new monsters to use in adventures.
0: So again, there's 80 of these. We covered 9 total and we just try to give you, uh, the dear listener, just sort of a, an idea of what you might experience from these pages. Um, I did look up, this is again obviously available currently on the DMs Guild. Uh, you can get the PDF for $15, or you can get the soft color for 25 or you can get both for 30 Those are all rounded by a nickel. Uh, so we're going to do our ratings and reviews. This is going to be a little bit hard, I think, in some ways, because there's not like the layout's pretty basic, the art is all recycled from Monster Manual, but we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can here. So Tom take us through our ratings. Okay.
1: So um okay, we'll, we'll do our full we'll do our full, we'll do our full rating system then. Um okay. So um let's talk about what's what's the let's start with the art then. So I'm going to go ahead and you know what? it's it's the classic it's the art, it's it's what's available to use, um what people can use. So we're going to go ahead and it's good. We'll give it an A. It's not, like, it's not like there's new art that's been commissioned, but hey, it's, a, it's, it's all the stuff that we're used to. But that's good, though, because you then recognize that, like, hey, this is what this used to be.
0: I'm going to give it a B. Because again, it's it's the art that's existed. It's all recycled from other things, but it it kind of lets you see how you can look at the art through new eyes, and I like that element of it. So even though it's all, I mean, and by the nature of the product, it has to be recycled art, but I think a solid B is a fair grade. So what about you, bro
2: I'm agree. I'm I'm in the B. Maybe knock it up a little bit to a B plus. Uh, I'll I'll just split the difference between you guys and go with that. I um I I agree. There was the pieces. I mean, we've seen them all before because they are from the monster manual but um it is a new take on them and i i enjoyed that
1: you guys are trying to be impartial to james meanwhile james if you're listening you know that i am now your best friend okay <laughs> all right so now let's talk about let's talk about the the let's talk about the let's talk about the lore here all right the the fluff okay so uh michael what did you think about the fluff here
0: so i'm looking at a solid b here as well because this is all like every monster has new fluff which is all brand new stuff, but there is a lot of it that is almost like they they re-reskin, like it's actually kind of similar to something that already exists. And it's also kind of agnostic in a way, because, you know, the one I had mentioned, the Blood War, but for the the ones that I looked at, almost all of them were basically setting neutral, which is fine because you can use them anywhere, but that means there's also not a lot of depth to the fluff. It's all very high level. So I thought it was fine. It was good, but I'd say it's a B.
1: Okay, Brad, yourself.
2: I'm gonna stick with my B plus. Um I I hadn't considered what Michael said though about it being um setting neutral. Um I just I just happened to enjoy it and it it reading over it it just sparked idea after idea. So for me that's gonna be a, a solid B plus.
1: B plus. Okay. Uh I am gonna go ahead and give this an A plus because uh, there's so much lore in the Monster Manual that I actually just don't care for, and I don't like. And I think the biggest example of that is the, I mentioned the be- the Bearded Devil. And I think it was just the heckling kind of just was like, as I was reading it, it was like I loved it so much more than the Bearded Devil. I was like, this is fantastic. And there's so many of these that I actually want to use in my game. So with this, mm-hmm. so because I want to use them, I'm going to go and give it an A+. plus. Okay. Final thing is, we're gonna talk about the the crunch. All right, the 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 rules here. Okay. Uh, I'll go ahead and start us off here. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and give this a B. Okay. The only reason I'm doing this is because I still don't fully understand the monster manual stat block. Like it's just like, so um no it's uh there there's so much. Gr- there's because it's only because we just basically get monster stat blocks and major props to James for writing 80 monster stat blocks because that is stat blocks are tough. Um, but what I the ones that I read here were all great. I don't know how they would play at the table just because I I haven't used them, but they were all all the powers felt unique and it wasn't just like everything had multi attack and claw like there's usually something else added in there, which was cool.
0: I'll go ahead and I'll I'll step into James's best friend slot here cuz I'm going to give it an A okay. for the crunch. Because again, this is not my strength when it comes to running games. So, the fact that James did this for me and created 80 new monsters with stat blocks that I trust James and his design skills that these are pretty well where they need to be uh i'm excited that they're there and especially again the meat shield specifically that's something i've always wanted to do and now i can just go oh i gave this creature meat shield here's where it, you know here's where it came from uh and it's a rule so suck it player who's complaining <laughs> for some reason in the, my fictionalized example uh see so you, you can blame james now so uh give it an a for the crunch
2: okay uh brad i enjoyed it i i thought it was is good and unique and um I'm stealing it for, for my game. So, or, or
1: using it liberally. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with an A. Well, there you go. Okay. So uh final wrap up then. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Michael, how, where would you, where'd you rank this?
0: So uh, going back to my opening points about how this is a book that really no one needs, but yet everyone should buy. I think this is an A plus product. I think it's, again, I just, as I was reading through this, I was getting somewhat emotional, just thinking about how this actually, and I may be, making up my own version. maybe I don't know. Maybe they hate each other. I don't know. But in my head, this was a very touching project that James and his dad got to work on. And I love the idea of giving people some concrete examples of reskinning because that's essentially what all of these are. And that's something I advocate heavily. So I think this is a great book for DMs to have in in their toolbox, not just to steal from it, but the idea of what they did and how each DM could do that themselves. So uh, this is an A plus for me. All
1: right, Brad. What would you give it?
2: I'm going to go with an A. It, it was overall, I thought it was very well put together. Um, I enjoyed reading through it. It Number one, it sparked idea after idea of stuff that I'm going to include in the game I'm running right now. I, I've, I was very happy with it, and it, it's totally worth an A, and you should buy it.
1: Okay. All right, so if you were to look at this on a report card, all right, so with an A, you know, the A+, it gives you that, four, that 4.0 that oh gpa but this is that kid that got that 4.2 they did that a little bit of extra credit and how can i be impartial to something that james has done because we could, so he's a friend of the show he's um we've played games with him but honestly this is like i would like a I, the, my only complaint is that it's not a, it's not a hardcover um because mm. i i do i just like having my physical books but the It just, you open it up, it just feels like an official product, and there's so much cool stuff here. Like I said, it wasn't what I was expecting, which was great, because this just was just 80 new monsters that felt better than the originals, and I don't know if it's just because I'm so used to playing with the original monsters that this just felt fresh and new, so uh, definitely I would say If you're a dungeon master and you just, you want something, you want some new monsters to throw into your game or you're uh, writing, doing DM's guild work and you want stuff for your adventures, definitely check this one out.
0: All right, well, I want to thank you both for joining me. And once again, thanks, James, for sending us the copies so that we could do this review. Um, if there's a product that you would like us to review, either something you yourself have written, or there's just a favorite product you have that you'd like uh, the RPG Academy's take on, please let us know through our comments. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, so, speaking of that, Brad, where can people find you on the internet if they'd like to get a hold of you or yell at you for your wrong opinions on things?
2: I have many wrong opinions on many things, um, and I am at Force and Destiny
0: fantastic and tom
1: uh you can find me at bezkar tom yes mandalorian metal tom on twitter you can also find me on the rpg academy's twitch every other wednesday running ghost of salt marsh and then a few other things thrown in there here and there
0: check the feed and check the you'll see tom's name and face all over the place Hey, And for me, my name is Michael. And of course, I am at the RPG Academy on pretty much everything I do. You can find me there. I'm most active on Twitter, but we do have a Facebook page uh, and the website as well. So remember, folks, if you're having fun,
2: you're doing it right. You're doing it right.
0: All right. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or RPG, consider using our affiliate links first. And then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus mini-sodes invites to monthly one-shot games, one sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook,